Hello, mother. Hello, daughter. <laughs> How you doing? I'm feeling good. Terrific Thursday. I'm feeling good. Okay, okay. I feel you. I'm feeling good. I think that sugar in that cereal <laughs> kind of woke me up a little bit. Okay, okay. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Get everybody pumped about that. Yes. And much greetings to everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raja the daughter. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can find us online at Facebook and Instagram. That's at Talking Brown Sugar. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown SUG. And you can email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. Yes. Everybody's falling in love and I'm falling behind. That's all that's just stuck in my head from, you might have heard that from TikTok. I think it's Lufe. I'm not sure how to say that name. L-A-U-F-E-Y. Falling Behind. That's Sounds like a feel-good song. It, it don't, the videos aren't feel-good. <laughs> it's just a bunch of, well, if you click on it, some of people are making funny jokes behind it. <laughs> We're in the Sugar Bowl today, and we're going to share some of our random random thoughts. What's on your heart, Mom? People just being mean. Who being mean to you? Oh, they're not being mean to me. I'm just watching all this here global meanness, you know. So many people have shown so much hatred, like it's supposed to be accepted, you know, like this will become the new norm. It's selfish and rude. Rude behavior. Mm. You know, people are very angry. You know, they're frustrated with the economics, their jobs, different things, stress of life, not fitting in. They just look at the politics who's going to be the next president or who's not going to be the next president, rumors of wars. People just got so much on their mind. They just mean. They mean muggy. You mean mug them back? I'll be like, look, we can take it to the street, but I'm not gonna be like that. I'm not I'm not gonna be mean like that. I'm gonna show the grace. I I definitely feel it, and I think that's a great way to be. Um, not to say that people shouldn't be angry with what's going on and what we've been seeing. Yeah. But we have to remember that angry is the new marketable or the new capital, anger. There are a lot of different platforms that are profiting on your anger, especially uh, for Black people as we are movers of the culture and what's popular. A lot of our anger is tapped into really easily, especially on like digital platforms where we see different posts or movements and things that are happening just to make us upset when 
a lot of the things that we should be focused on organizing around is what's like you said happening at the streets happening in the polls happening you know in schools happening in places where we can physically get together and make a change right. and not talk about it or you know discuss back and forth on different um online threads about you know under a post what we should do who's not doing what and just really come together but when we are so angry and mad it is hard to focus on a calm headed approach or just a strategic approach Mm -hmm. collectively move to make the world a better place for everybody even if we focus on just our community your household focus on how you can make sure the person you choose to stay with is happy and healthy the kids you have are happy and healthy and working with other people who want to do the same thing and then thinking out from there it's so easy for us to get upset about stuff that don't really mean anything at the end of the day and like what you said it's good to continue to give grace but also find out where you're getting a lot of anger from and maybe step back from those sources for a while to see what it is you can be doing for yourself and then for your community to be happier and healthier. Cause it's once we're not so angry, we can see what's really going on and see where the money's going. We can mm-hmm. see where isn't going, you know, and, and see who's, you know, doing what and focus that energy on, those right. or those problems. Yeah, because people just they just getting a little bit ridiculous. A little out of hand. You know, we gotta pray for the world. Yeah, we got we gotta calm down before you make a a, a action or a reaction from anger. Take a sec- second and think like why am I pissed off or why am I upset about this and get to the root cause mm-hmm. so we can figure out something. And we can figure out stuff together. We got to remember that's the new trend. That's the new capital. Your anger. anger. Because you would say don't be quick to anger. Think about how quickly somebody can get the best of you because you were angry or you saw red and you're not, you're not thinking clearly. No. And then after it's all over, it's it's easy to get in trouble and it's hard to get out. And then you're like, man, I should have just thought about this. Moving too quick. (laughs) Up, your edges snatched in you. You can't. You do all that. Well, you have a some hair snatched out of a place. You have a bald spot. It's hard to get that little spot back. And I don't care what you spraying and what you're trying to put over. It don't look the same. Water, rosemary oil. It's gonna take a while, and it might just it just might not come back. It. Hmm. So you should think about it. Take a second. Damn, that. Oh, you should take full beat. Yeah, I mean to take over your. Oh no! You speaking on that? Yeah. Yeah. My Renzoi is if it could be an email, send the email. If you can communicate with somebody faster instead of waiting for a phone call or meeting, think about can can this be a concise one to three sentence email? Go ahead and send that. Do not wait to call me or have a meeting that I think I have to prepare for. And all you had to do was call me and talk to me for two to three seconds. Just send the email. If, if it could be email, do that. If you don't have to wait, go ahead and send the email. That's that's all I say. 
And that's the new norm, too. Easy. Everybody wants to, to tell you to email me, email me, email me. But do they follow their own instructions? No, they do not. If you do not have to wait for us to connect, if you can send an email and then maybe we still keep the meeting but move on to the next thing, go ahead, go ahead, do that. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, do that. It's a friendly reminder. Ooh, ooh, we can go to the next segment. On that one. Yes. Now we're going to go to the what? Sugar bowl. The sugar. <laughs> you know what? I don't know why I wanted to say that. You right. You just want to say it. You ready for football? I. You know what? I had on my football shirt yesterday. Football? Really? I am ready for football. football. We're going on to the sugar cubes. Okay. A the news where we put a little sugar in your cup, baby. Yeah, first up, you wanted to talk about the quarters, the new quarters. You said George Washington got a different look. Yes, and he's facing a different direction. So that means I think we might need to go in a different direction. I was just going through some quarters that I had got from the bank. And I noticed that, you know, they didn't tell me they were going to do this. You know, I've been looking for these Harriet Tubbins and everybody else. And I was like, oh, my goodness. They done gave George a facelift and a perm. Y'all need to check it out. I don't really carry cash, but I would like to say I have some Tubmans. I got some Tubmans on me. You know, that's what I was looking for. I'll be looking and I even asked. You know, they can always make these um, up-to-dates on people and coins that we know of. But when they be saying they're going to make these new dollars or stamps, it takes them forever to, to, to you know, to come. Somebody made a print. Somebody made a drawing. They even have a Official, this is what it's going to look like. But where is it at? But we made an up-to-date on George. Yeah, in January 22, so last year, they said the Mint rolled out new shiny quarters. um, So they will be making their way across the United States with historic new imagery. Renowned writer and civil rights activist Maya Angelou with her first, with her arms lifted before a rising sun and a bird in flight. A design inspired by her soaring poetry and symbolic way she lived. Um, she'll be the first woman the agency is recognizing as part of the American Women Quarters Program. It's a series that will issue up to five quarters annually through 2025 to recognize pioneering American women and their contrib- contributions to history. Other honorees whose likeness will be circulated on quarters this year will be Sally Ride, a physicist and astronaut. Wilma Mankiller, the first female Cherokee Nation chief. Nina Otero Otero Warren, a suffrage movement leader. And Anna Mae Wong, Hollywood's first Chinese-American actress. As required by law, the new quarters will keep George Washington's likeness on the obverse or head side of the coins. However, they will feature an updated and right-facing depiction of the first U.S. president designed by Laura Garden Fraser one of the most prolific female sculptors of the early 20th century. Yes. So, yeah, Maya Angelou will be the first Black woman to be featured on the quarter dollar, and it was met with cheers and criticism on social media. Some included Hillary Clinton and Rep. Ayanna Presley praised the initiative as long overdue recognitions. It is long overdue. Because I like to keep up with these changes, what I meant, you know, for these designs, but we need to see it happen. 
Yeah, for others who felt like you, they were saying, what happened to the other promises to update the paper curve? Yeah, the Indian. I'd be asking about the Indian money, you know, indigenous people. That's some pretty, whenever it comes out, it's a beautiful explanation in art. I want to get a couple of those dollars, you know. It's overdue. All right, moving along. A cheer coach resigns after parents say CMS cheer safety policy banning braids, wigs is discriminatory. Five Hopewell High School bombs said their daughters made the cheerleading team, but were told if they wear wigs or braids, they would get kicked off the squad. This is in Huntersville, North Carolina, a Charlotte-Mecklenburg school district, or CMS. Cheerleading coach resigned after the accusations of enforcing the discriminatory hair for cheerleading policies. The cheer policy has also been revised. This comes after the five moms said the daughters made the cheerleading team were told if they had braids or wigs, they would be kicked off the squad. WNC Charlotte received the following statement from the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District. Thank you for your inquiry. The cheerleading coach at Hopewell resigned her position effective 8-17-23. The policy, which was not district-wide, was revised by Hopewell High School printer Pickard and is as followed. We are committed to the academic and social-emotional growth of all our students, safety, appearance, and uniformity, and school representation are essential for our cheer program. Braids are allowed 12-inch length. Hair must be secured away from the face and eyes and off shoulders, such as in a ponytail or updo. Note they took out the wig part altogether. Yeah. (laughs) It says the district tells WCNC Charlotte the goal of the policy was to protect students because it is believed certain hairstyles can be a safety risk, but parents said it did more harm than good. Discriminative. Yeah, this is from, I guess, one of the parents. Our children are basically being discriminated against because of the hairstyles that are worn in the African-American community. Naresha Paul Harris, whose daughter cheers. This is sad. My daughter was in there in tears crying. I don't see why the safety would really be an issue because my children and other children I know have successfully been able to do competitive cheerleading, cheerleading on, you know, national stages without any issues said Janista Swain-Rolla. The document parents received went on to say, we will be stunting and we'll be making sure that there will be no possible ways to damage the hair, as well as making sure all National Federation of High School Associations rules regarding risk management are thoroughly observed. You know, while we got this keep going back and forth about our hair, one moment you, you pass one law saying, okay, next minute you sweeping it up and go through the schools with the children, and colleges, businesses, uh, it, it's just getting out of hand. Yeah. I mean, if you give a, a guideline, like how to wear it, like they, they just said, I give you that. But don't be telling me how to do my hair or add hair. This my hair. Right. And so they checked with the National High School Association, and they were saying as long as the hair, cro- hair control devices or accessories or other endearments are securely fastened appropriately for the activity and don't present uh, increased risk to participants. They can do what they want to, really. Essentially, you can tell that that decision to make that specific change about wigs and braids was specific to the kids who were wearing it. That yeah. Wigs and braids. And who was that normally going to be? The black, the black, the black and brown kids that are doing that. The yeah. black all the time. 
We can't have we just show out. We know how to twirl a ponytail and it stays in place. I've seen them twirl on ponytails. Yeah, the parents are looking for an apologies and for the entire county to not discriminate against their children's hair. It's hurtful, it's embarrassing, and it causes these children anxiety. That's so true because it's like, dang, I didn't work my, my tail off to get yeah. on quad, and now you're saying my hair is going to be what's keeping me back. And oftentimes when you get a wig, the way these children are installing them now, it's not just something you can put on and take off. And when you have braids, it's not something you can just... Install. No, no, no. Because before I used to use a couple of bobby pins, Boy, they got the cap. You glue the cap. You glue the, the stitch to the. You're doing too much. You sewing it in. It's but it's secure because they're flipping, twisting, and twirling yes. it. Yes. You're and you're thinking of a protective style, and it's like the assumption is always that we don't take care of our hair. We're not washing our hair. We're dirty. Meanwhile, we're using a gazillion products to keep our hair fresh and clean and looking beautiful. Whether All the time. Locks, braids, wigs. Whatever protective style, it's just how we have to take care of our hair. And when you have a policy like this in place, it shows your lack of understanding of the kids you're supposed to be helping build up and build community with through, you know, teamwork. It's like if they can throw a dart at you, okay, you got the grades to get in, you pass the test, do the flips or whatever to get in. So they're going to say, oh, oh we're we going to hit them in the stomach. Let's talk about the hair. That was intentional. You know, come on. This is like somebody saying, oh, like one of your eyelashes are crooked, even though you put them on yourself. You're like, oh, my goodness. That's an insult. And the coach knew they were wrong by resigning. They oh. weren't fired. They probably they probably did talk to the school. The school was like, no, you was wrong on this one. But still, you resigned rather than apologize. Oh, like, oh, I, be a bigger person. Apologize. So, show this child that, you know, I got feelings too. I apologize. I, I was wrong. I didn't understand to the full extent. That lets me know you knew exactly what you were doing and who you were targeting. That's just like playing in the game. You know when you messed up and said some hurtful words on anything. But yeah, you try to set that policy up to be a barrier, like you said. Mm, no. Mm-mm. Unnecessary. Student athletes already got it hard, and now you try to make it harder for them to have something they enjoy. Yeah, I mean, and, if, and think about it, the mom or the family who went out. Those cheerleading outfits and things they want, that's uh-huh. not me. That is not cheap. Even if you are doing the hair at home, those products, you know, that's maintenance. You know, she wants a little good woman out there, you know, representing her school, feeling good about herself, a family out there, or taking that cute little picture. You know what I'm saying? You make it, you know how you feel. I know how I feel when I, you be in the marching band or something, you got your uniform on and came from the oh, dress. You be like, uh-oh. You cute between classes. You know, like, what? You gonna see me tonight, y'all? Y'all gonna see me be out there? Have my Ooh. hair tight and right. It's on fine. your local... And now they got a what local TV stations? Are, you yep. want to look cute? That's self-esteem. Everything you're trying to attack, because then yeah, that's about you. That's who you are. Because even if you have your natural hair out, you know you sweat a little bit or whatever weather condition can change the look that you were trying to achieve. Yes, quickly. And you just have your hair, your hair curls up, or that style will shift. But see, they probably like that. They want us to look like Wolverines. But I'm saying, you know, not not intended what you intended. Right, because you come out there looking cute, you're like, oh my goodness. Or you have some curls, they fall, and it just don't hit right, and that that, that updo turns to a downdo. Don't get me, no. don't get me started. Oh, I got one for you. When when the beautiful slave girls of brown color will come off the ships, what they wanted them to do? Tie the hell. They want them to hide that beautiful hair. Wanted them to cover their intricate braids because they couldn't yeah. same. They got tired of somebody looking at the attraction. 
when they should have been paying attention to whatever the malice they was doing. There you go, full circle. Everything can go back to slavery. Mm, I need me some sugar in my cup on that. We're going to keep it rolling into some more yes. anger-inducing stories. Uh, Michael Orr accused of $15 million shakedown proceeding in the blind side lawsuit. This is news to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Orr, the NFL veteran whose life was inspired, whose life inspired the movie The Blind Side, and who is suing his conservators, Sean and Leanne Turley. Tusi? I forgot the name. Sean and Leanne Tui, we want to get that right because we need you to know who the F they are, are now being accused of repeatedly attempting to shake down. He's being accused of repeatedly attempting to shake down the couple. I hate how this article is written. Um, the couple's attorney, Martin D. Singer, released a scathing statement about Orr's petition, which the football star filed Monday in Tennessee probate court, alleging that the couple had tricked him into a conservatorship and withheld revenue from the 2009 film that earned Sandra Bullock a Best Actress Oscar. Mm. Singer asserted that the Tuies would be willing to terminate their upfront conservatorship if or desired, but also will not hesitate to defend their good names, stand up to this shakedown, and defeat this offensive lawsuit. They can kick rocks. What kind is the former Baltimore Ravens and Carolina Panthers tackle alleged in his filing that he gave the rights to his life and story away to the 20th Century Fox in 2007 without any payment whatsoever, and that he was missing profits from John Lee Hancock's 2009 film, which grossed $309 million at worldwide box office. Meanwhile, That's small pennies. <clears throat> some people have called a Bullock, whose spitfire turn as Leanne Tui in the film earned her Academy Award to get back her Oscar. Anyone with a modicum of common sense can see that the outlandish claim made by Michael Orr and the Tui family are harmful and absurd, Singer said Wednesday in a statement to the Times. The idea that the Tuis have never sought to profit off of Mr. Orr is not only offensive, it's transparently ridiculous, he continued. Through hard work and good fortune, Sean and Lee have made an extraordinary amount of money in the restaurant business. The notion that a couple worth hundreds of millions of dollars would convene to withhold a few thousand dollars in profit participation payments from anyone, let alone someone who they loved as a son, defies belief. Attorneys for Orr did not immediately respond Wednesday to the Times request for comment. Hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. But yeah, he reject he Michael Orr rejected calls on for Bullock to give up her Oscar. He was saying to make that statement like that doesn't make any sense. Sandra Bullock didn't have anything to do with the real story that we're reading as of now. This young man at the time that he was he was taken advantage of. You can say what you want, you know. He, he was, was taken advantage of and as as he became a grown individual and adult. Right. He was playing multiple sports at the time. So he was mm -hmm. He was busy. I re like when you look at the movie, if you've seen the movie, and Tui, Liam um, came across him in a restaurant when he was with his other friends trying to put money together to buy food or whatever. Even however she came across this young man, him, her, or her husband, whoever. Somebody had a motive. He was, the story told is a lie. The money they made off of him and the movie rights 
they secured, um, I think, 250000 for their natural-born children and mm-hmm. themselves, but cut him out of the deal. They didn't inform him that what he was signing was a conservatorship. They told him it was basically an adoption, adoption papers and that they would be taking care of him like family. Whole time they were just securing money for themselves. They're trying to push forth the story that they were already successful restauranters mm. made their profits from that. But they literally, if you look at the books and products and things they've made since the movie gained popularity in oh yes box office, they put in a lot of their products, you know, this is the Chewies as seen in the movie Blind Side. Right. And, so, you know, yeah. if people gonna piggyback off of that, you know, thinking, oh, yeah. wow, y'all did such a good American thing for this child. And oh, that- my goodness. Even when I watched it, um, whenever it came out, 2009, I was ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was something about that movie that just didn't make sense. You tell me that big man, young man, didn't know how to play football. And his little white adoptee sibling taught him how to place. You tell me, no, he, no. Get, get out of here. One he thing about one thing about city children, they know how to basketball, baseball. They know how to throw a ball. They're playing some sports, or somebody has exposed them to sports. He was playing three different sports at the time, and then in the movie, they also tried to make him seem like he had special needs, or he wasn't bright. Or yeah, like you could. Was like, how was he able to stay at the school? Somebody lying. There's a lot of they're in whitewash. They false. They made money off of it. You telling me his sister tutored him in math, but he had special needs. He would need a specific help. All the way through. All the way. Yeah, they try to act like, oh, he's just struggling in math. His adoptive sister is capable of helping him. She's a year under him. No, or whatever, how they had that set up just didn't make sense. If they were trying, then they were trying to portray he had special needs. I was like, he would need more special care throughout school. Well, in the movie, too, they showed where the social worker was like, Well, so what are y'all gonna plan to do with his money? Right, that was a black woman. Like, what y'all, what what are y'all gonna do with his child? What is this? What is it? Who's keeping the books? And if you remember, he was like, No, 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 they're good, they're looking out for me. Yeah, because you were they making him stand in a new environment. Everything is new to him. That's why I was overwhelming. He was thinking, "Oh, this is exactly the type of break I needed." And I have some people who yeah know about this. They're giving me this, you know, football scholarship. I got a legacy backing from them. This is and the they type kept, of setup I need. And, and the college he wanted to go to, and the football team he wanted to play for, they was like, "No." Mm-mm. Play for this. I was like, wait a minute. If I want to play ball, I need to play where my heart is at. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how people. <laughs> I've heard on different uh, podcasts, different people talking about it. How did he not know he was in a conservatorship? Because he was making money in the NFL. He thought he had his needs taken care of. He didn't know. He was too trusting of the that couple. Yeah, he probably figured, oh, well, they know. They've been through this. They know how to handle money. And he thinks he is like, oh, I'm in the NFL. I'm taken care of. I have everything I need. I have a car. I have clothes. I'm mm-hmm. good. 
whole time they weren't reporting on the residuals and things they were getting from they were receiving or reporting on how they were spending money to take care of them they weren't doing their jobs as conservatives and i and i was laughing because somebody say he was in the nfl that's that's how they were he was able to be in a conservatorship and i know but also the way it went down i said i know what happened he he People, you know, pointed out on social media too. He married a beautiful black woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they probably were sitting back, you know, relaxing, talking about the internet. And I'm like, oh, this SAG after thing is going on. Maybe you should post your residual check from the movie to show people, hey, it's hitting me too. You know, I stole, I sold my rights to this story, my life story, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, getting my $3, my three cents check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His wife said back, like, oh, where's your check? You know, you want to post that on there? He's like, where are I getting a check for that? She said, what? That's look, all. All, look, everything got snatched off. Like, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> she said, we're going to find this out. You started tracking down, chasing the rabbit hole, and you see you got cut out of everything. Every cent that I hope they're required to pay every cent that's owed to him. Yes. And the children too, even when the deal was going down, they didn't know, but as they got older... They enjoyed it. They enjoyed the the, the fruits of his labor. Right, but I'm like, okay, you know your parents. Are they really that great of a restaurant? You think the restaurant business is doing that? <laughs> your mom is that nice and based off the book she writes about how to be you know, build a community, being nice. Come on now. How many books is she selling? If she took the blind side off, I want them to take everything back. She don't need to say blind, nut, blind side, blind side. I don't want her to say none of those SEO words. Right. Her or the husband, all their businesses garnished. Pay, pay that money. That's ridiculous. And look what, look, this is 2023? 2023. <laughs> Yeah. That's literal generational wealth stolen. Stop. There's no other way you can. What, what's, what was the misunderstanding? There was no misunderstanding. He was 17. Well, you know what? To be honest, the title fits the problem. Blind. Man, the irony. Yep. Yep, he was blindsided because in the representation they had a friend of theirs represent him and a different lawyer represent them. Mm-hmm. But that's what is that called? Um, it is a misrepresentation. Yes, but because of basically you're too close to home. Why can I think of that word now? Because we upset. It's gonna come to me later. Mm-hmm. Because we upset, we need to. Take a step back. Yes, I am hyped today. Me too. For some reason, I think that sugar in my. And I, and I don't even think it's just sugar. I think I'm irritated too. All this bull. Say it. Let's go to. Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Damn right. I'm gonna get used to cussing with you one day. <laughs> you been look. You been cussing. I used to hear y'all. I always like to throw my children in this. Yeah, I would catch them. 
They'd be outside cussing, and then they, I would tap on the window. They look like this little innocent people. This this is different. Cussing in front of your parents is so... <laughs> Where's maturity in life? And I know that's my unique experience. Some of y'all might, you know, what the hell? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I grew up, y'all. That's all it is. <laughs> Pop into some local news. Uh, Durham County to look for disparities in county contracts with minority women-owned businesses. Yes, good. It's taking a closer look at disparities that exist in minority and women-owned businesses. A commission Miller conducted a disparity study to determine if any inequities exist around how these businesses obtain county contracts. Being a small business owner is challenging as is. Trying to navigate that loan and debt process you often get stuck with high interest loans because those are the easiest to achieve. Wendy Abram, co-owner of Jada's Men's Accessories, said, they say if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's the case for Abrams, who has been in business for four years. They run the boutique in downtown Durham. That's my motto. Feel well, dress well, James Abram. We've got bow ties, neckties, ascot suits, pocket squares. Triangle Financial Advisor, Arkell Barnes, and accessing capital is the biggest issue for minority-owned businesses. And redlining didn't help. Nope. We weren't able to get into the game as early as other people having the history of owning our own real estate to borrow against and start business, he said. Dolores Farmer owner of Dolores Pottery and Studios told ABC 11 she knew nothing about the meeting but is happy to hear that the county is taking up the disparity study. I've been applying to grants and different funding for a while and I haven't been at anything. I just assume because I'm too small and maybe because I'm a woman. A woman of color she said. She told ABC her ABC 11 her will throwing throwing skills by making a pumpkin for her pottery pumpkin patch, which is a big seller as fall approaches. While she won't make the day night because she's working, she hopes that this focus on equity at a county level will help businesses like hers. Hopefully this will shed a light and provide more opportunities for someone like me to scale and grow business, especially those in the area growing so fast. But I was living here in Durham. I wish everyone would stop by and check the place out. It's, they have really nice goods, professional goods. Yes. And just throwing this out here, Michael Strahan orders some of his bow ties and ties from Jada's. Mm, Jada's um, men's accessories. Yes. And my son, my youngest son, has purchased his first bow tie, which meant a lot. That's so sweet. Shout out to Ray John. Yeah. Hey, bro. Yep. <laughs> Just throwing that out there a little bit. That's so sweet. That takes care of our sweet deet. So, yes, that's right. Take care of our sweet deets. Business in our next sweet deets mention, email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line business feature with a few sentences about your product, business, or service. There's room for, There's everyone. Room for everyone to eat.
Yes. And on to our last story, we this was coming in from Tennessee. A rare spotless giraffe was born in a Tennessee zoo. A female ticket giraffe was born at Bright Zoo in northeastern Tennessee late last month. But unlike her mother, she was born without any spots. This is a rarity. Sitting at 14 to 15 feet tall, giraffes are the tallest in the world. When mothers give birth, the calves are already six feet tall. And other than that, on occasions, they're born covered from hoof to horn in brown spots. Bright Zoo in Limestone, Tennessee, announced that it welcomed the birth of the reticulated giraffe without any spots. And they will be looking for people to vote in their on their Facebook page for a name. Oh, that's sweet. She's cute, too. Yep, that will be closing around Labor Day. Vote, people vote for a name. But that's rare to see uh, a giraffe with no spots. I'm wondering, was she artificially inseminated or something just happened in the DNA? Oh, that's a good, yeah, good point. I wonder. There's no telling. That's very rare. You're like, what happened to you? That could be a good movie, too. It could. Okay, we're going to go to our wellness check. Wellness check. Yep, yep. Our wellness check today is I'm talking about artificial nails. Mm-hmm. What a fashion statement. What a way to express yourself in the way it is. You know, you got your powdered nails, you got your gel nails, so much do it yourself now. I have one little problem. What's that? When you're handling my food as I go to a restaurant <laughs> or hospital, seeing somebody taking care of my loved one or taking my pet to a vet, how are you operating people with these dagger-type nails? These are the new nails. It's almost like you got daggers on. And if you're in the fashion industry, I can't tell people what to do with themselves, but I know in the healthcare, there is guidelines for the there's guidelines that you know what the inches are business wise. You know, I would like and I hope everybody's practicing safe hand handling. Because those nails are so long, you can't even make a fist. I remember when my nails would grow out naturally long, not that long, past they almost like they seven to ten inch nails. I'm like, really? You know, if you out there doing your thing, that's your business. But when you're handling my loved ones or my pet or whatever, I need to make sure you can take care of this person safely and put on gloves, not just hand sanitizing your hands, but like your finger, your fingertips. That's a part of you. And I know in the sports arena, I see a lot of the track stars, you know, doing their things like Flo Joe, representing themselves. I give you that. 
you know. But I think we need to get back down to taking care the business of handling your nails. I want to see proper nail care. Yeah, I, I can point a finger because I worked in healthcare. Yeah, I would just say everybody need to make sure their hands well. I was seeing different people talk about they don't wash their hands anymore. Period. And that's people who not with without nails. Yeah, um, I saw that too. You you know, yes, they were um talking about they don't wash their hands. Yeah. What is that show? I don't if is it with um Adrian from Cheetah Girls, the real? Possible. Is that the real? I want to say you, you're right. She says she don't wash her hands at home. I don't even want her to come to my car. She said she don't wash her hands. And ever since then, she said that every time I see her, I just think, you don't be washing your hands at home. Or you don't wash your hands like that. It's just like one of it's like rent and skimpy. There's no telling what is crawling on her hands. I'm good. Yeah. And my next thing is COVID is back on the rise, which has never left. Yes. So you have this Oregon can. Is it Oregon? Uh, a BB Byron. Omicron? Yeah. But now it's XBB. Yes. It says it has no cough, no fever, but may have joint pain. So, you know, I still think you should still, I do, practice wearing my mask. You know. Yes, they say get tested, stay away from others if you test positive or don't feel well. Wear a mask when needed and get up to date on your vaccines. Yeah. I think we got to keep each other safe. All ages. And, and that's the first rule of thumb before all of this. Wash your hands when you come from Outside from work, from play, wash your hands because trust me, it's not cute. You know, that when you use a hand sanitizer because that's convenient, but when you get home or if we go to that bathroom, wash your hands. You got paper towels with soap and water. Sing happy birthday two to three times. Yeah, count your ABCs and make sure your little kids, when they come home, take care of them. Take their little clothes off and stuff. Help them wash their hands. If you do it, like, you know, make it fun for them. Some some little kids be like, look, I'm not washing no hands. Take their little butts in there and say, look, we got to do this. Buy that, all that cute little soap, you know, or pumps. When they see their little favorite animation buddy up there, you know, sing the, the song. Do, 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 Hey. I sing it to my own self sometimes. Yeah, go through all the family members. Step <laughs> 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 daddy shark do 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 do. Oh, that's a cute one. <laughs> like that. We gotta add that in. That's the new generation. Oh. Get them a little credit. And going on now to our what? Main discussion. This is a good one, y'all. Y'all might need to get y'all something good to drink on this one. 
Yes, we're in our main discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about estrangement and loneliness in this age of great cultural shifts, but also it's like as the internet and thing is bringing people closer together, people are still finding this to be a really lonely time, even though we're finding community and bonding over different things. Yeah. The world is small, but people are still siloed. So just taking a little uh, deep dive into what may be happening. Uh, we want to start with estrangement. Um, so this psychology article, psychology today article, why so many families are living with estrangement. A recent poll shows that roughly a fourth of those surveyed are not speaking to a family member. The family is undergoing some of the most rapid changes in history, and that has contributed to estrangement. A poll in October 2022 found that nearly one in five voters report that politics upset their friendships and family relationships. So yeah, we just want to take a deep dive into what can be causing people to be estranged, feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we approach the fall season soon, towards the end of September, we want to just talk about this. So, you know, holiday gatherings, people go see family or might not see family, choose not to see family. What's really going on? So to be estranged um, is when like people, you know, cut off ties, remove themselves for an extended period of time from your families. And it says the estranged constitute a large undisclosed group and one that does not easily measure. Specific numbers are nearly non-existent in part because people are reluctant to admit being estranged, you know, from family members. Despite the lack of hard data, however, some researchers believe that estrangement is widespread and grossly underreported. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a vulnerable position to be in because... It's even hard to say when you're lonely, even if you have family that you live with. I know the pandemic shed a lot of light on how people's family is set up. You know, who's at home, why the baby's at school, or why you're trying to take a seat in the Zoom class. You can see more than ever into people's homes than we could, you know. Never before. Right. And a lot of that shed light that even though some people are staying at home, they are in abusive relationships, not just relationships with their family members, with a loved one, with friends, and starting to reevaluate the meaning of family. For a lot of people, family is who you choose, not necessarily who you were born into. Right. Well, you know, like I'm a piggyback on a lot of what you just said, on the loneliness, family Mm -hmm. for myself. I know we used to have the Sunday meal. Yeah. You, be, you better come over whoever house was having the meal or bring the covered uh-huh. dish. Okay. The last time I think we had a family meal for us was probably back in 2003, maybe? Three or four? Mm-hmm. And now I can count on my hand if the people in my household sit down. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Because, you know, with the social media and separate rooms, TVs, big screens, and all this kind of stuff, everything right at your hand, your hand device, yeah, separates. 
your conversation changes. We don't share the same conversation. We might not agree because we just got different formats that we're different things that's plugging into our senses. Mm-hmm. Or that aha moment, like, oh, really? And you just don't be in touch yeah. mentally or physically. And now we have really less physical interactions with a family or sensitivity of the family. Or, like you're saying, staying away altogether from a family member or members because you can choose that. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, our behavior has definitely changed. I think that's all doing the world. But now, some cultures, you know, they still stick together. I see it as we do. You know, got the Zoom for us and Zoom for anybody and conference calls. We was doing conference calls a long time ago. <laughs> what, three-way talking? You know, yep. but it, it, is, it, it can play a lot on your interactions because I look at me and my two brothers. You know, we stopped speaking for a little while no, no apparent reason, but sometimes when you get to thinking about a whole lot of things, some people can't explain it, but you can explain it back to them, and you f- get to a point, why should we talk about it, or what is there to talk about, mm-hmm. if everybody can't admit to at least listening to the other person, right? without any, okay. without any getting upset, or, well, I didn't know how you felt, you're right, because you never asked. You never even thought to call me. Right. We don't even say pick up a pencil or paper to write a letter or send a postcard. What is that? (laughs) I don't think I've ever sent a postcard. You know. I've sent a card, but not a postcard. I like sending cards, but I have so many cards now. I just write in them now for notepads. That's what I take them for. And I want to go back to what you were talking about. You said we haven't had a Sunday dinner since 2003. That's a big deal. That's a big shift. Just in our opinion, I wonder for listeners, when was the last time you had a family meal together where everybody was sitting down, not distracted, eating, talking? And we are talking about family. We're talking like from grandmothers, little cousins, newborn cousins. Yeah. Family. I'm talking about. There was so much, so many people coming over, they were eating in the living room. Right. And the last time I can remember was just like a holiday that, and it wasn't connected to just a Sunday or just the day we picked. I don't remember anything past, like, you know. Right. And I think we have shifted. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I think that's something I miss because when we had lunch the other day, that was nice. Just, you know, chit-chatting. We we do that intimately when we have our little, you know, because you can touch the person, you can see the person. Mm -hmm. Or when you put that food in your mouth, you're like, was that good or what was that? You know? We should have just cooked, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is missing something, right? Girl. A little, you know, my chili peppers. So, you know, there's a lot of connection. And I and I, and I, I don't mind saying I can organize it. You can organize it. Anybody can organize it. But you get tired of being the same person putting your neck out there, getting it done, and nobody shows up. There's so many excuses. But you can always email. Mm-hmm. You can always text. 
but that's so impersonal sometimes. It's like a void to me. It might sound like old school, but sometimes I want to hear your voice. No, I understand. And, and that is especially treated like you said, what you experienced, what you grew up experiencing, and what you've known most of your life. You've known, I think, more in-person connection than you do digital connection. So it's different for how you communicate even when you think about like your grandkids. Yeah. They were just or pandemic babies, how, you know, their connection started with digital and then going outside to connect with people or seeing people in different spaces and stuff. Yeah, we might need to plan us a little Sunday meal. Mm. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But that estrangement from family, you know, you you can just move around people and don't even think no more about it. You know who they are where they fall in your life, but it's like, they got their life, they didn't, you know, they didn't think about me. You get, sometimes you get tired of being thoughtful. Mm, right. Even the good people get tired of being kind and thoughtful. But as soon as you don't call and pick up, well, I was waiting for you. No, you wasn't. Because if you was waiting, you would have called and found out what was wrong with me. Right. Or why I haven't heard from you. And they mention in this article, too, like the shift in households. Um, it says the minority of American households are traditional two-parent nuclear families. So, you know, like the heterosexual mom, dad, and the children. And only one-third of Americans live in this kind of family. Um, but the nuclear family no longer is the main source of identity, values, financial support, and lifelong emotional sustenance. That's what we're talking about, going outside of your household to get the things you need to have those relationships that give you that emotional completion or, you know, somebody to go traveling with, somebody who can lend you a couple of dollars, somebody that you can talk politics with without your identity being attacked or sharing the same values, you can get that outside of the house, I think, easier than right. you and in my growing up thinking about like high school, middle school, you still were limited to the people in your neighborhood, your community, but we were starting to definitely see with like Bebo Facebook, MySpace, that there were other people that you could chat with and start to connect with them. Even though I think early on, I started to realize that a lot of what I was getting was just a mirrored conversation. And so the internet just holds up like a mirror to you and you look for other people who either have what you want or reflect what you also have. And so a lot of spaces on the internet become places where you go where there isn't necessarily resistance to what you are to believe to be true. Right. Not everybody's looking to learn or grow. Some people are just looking for acceptance. And that is it. But sometimes people deal with loneliness they can be having six people in their household and can be lonely because nobody's, they just moving into motion. 
or understanding them because you think about two like story of the the awkward black kid or the kid who's into anime yeah books or art and that not being prioritized at home because historically you need to get a job that's going to get you money because i'm not going to be able to help you pay for college or your life outside of this household when you grow up and want to go out mm-hmm. on your own and you also think about family structure like the economics of Back in the day, you could off of one paycheck or two, yeah. keep three and four and five kids, a house, a car, and a dog. Now, two paychecks might get you rent. Shoot, they give, they're taking, they're giving the dogs back, them COVID dogs, they done picked them in the pound. Yeah. They, they trying to sell them back or give them back or leave them somewhere. So there are so many factors we can look at and point to that has created us, especially in the U.S., to have these different values and family structures because what we are being told from previous and earlier generations doesn't always fit with what's going on Correct. in reality. Like, I was told to go to school to get a degree and then I would get a job. That might have been true years before, but not the same here, especially when we have people needing to stay in positions longer, um, the requirements for different jobs changing, all that kind of, it's so much going on now. More more women are going to school, so there's a different type of competition. Mm-hmm. The job market and things like that. And so those different decisions that you're told to make to be a productive citizen, when it doesn't reflect what is out here, it's just like, okay, then what am I supposed to do? So you go back home, talk to your family. They have values that don't meet your needs, essentially, for what your reality is. And so you are, you know, looking at the world, trying to make sense of the world where things are in different positions. I think if you can create and see that multiple things can be true or things could have been true, and things have changed. I think those relationships last a little, a little longer when there's, like you said, grace on both sides. But when, like, the older generation can't see what the younger generation is saying, and vice versa for the younger generation to see the, what the older generation is seeing, yeah, it. I feel like that's when there's just so much friction that it's easier to. Yes. And I, and I, you know, I see that a lot too. I, I'm not trying to keep putting my brothers in this, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw this out here. We, we are not that far in age, but I'm looking at how he was raised, I was raised. We were raised up on a different households, but at the end of the day, your choices are your choices on how you're going to live and take care of yourself. You know, we all have childhood traumas. We all need help, therapy, like you say, you know, healing, but you got to know how to achieve your goals and your purpose. You know, like taking a betrayal. I, I still advocate Get that degree, take up a trade, or learn something in that you can do with your hands. Okay, it was braiding hair, painting. You know, like I'm talking like painting a structure or a room. Mm-hmm. Now you have all this what? Online, everything. You can pick up, you can you can learn. Trial and error. And then sometimes some people you can't talk to about things. Cause like I tried my brother got a cell phone just like mine. I'm not going to say it's a brand. 
we'll get into that another day. But he does not. I can send him an app, and I tell him to download the app. He don't know what to do to it, do with it. As I said to him, I'm like, look, man, you got people 80 years old, 90, can zoom through so much stuff, but you gotta have the willingness to learn, to want to learn, and don't get upset when somebody's trying to show you something. Right, and I and I think too, like y'all grew up in different households, raised in the south essentially, and they is up north, and I can't. I'm pretty sure that had some shaping, but like you said, also the choices you make based on what you take in from external factors, how you then interpret that for your own well-being. It says a lot about you, but how you relate to the world and what your environment is telling you. Well, you know, raising up in the North or the South, when I was in New York, coming here, I was reading on two different levels. Not mm-hmm. saying which one is slow or faster, but you've got to have the willingness and the open-mindedness to try. That's it. But I'm saying if that value wasn't something you picked up or wasn't bestowed in you, you well, I he was with my grandfather, and granted, always was an advocate of like, look, you can't just sit here and not do nothing, right? But then he had other people he could lean on. Yeah, but see, he was leaning on them, and they were trying to get him to do stuff, but he chose not to. That's why I said the choice. The choices you make. Yeah. You know, you 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 saw hit the same like you can see the same tools, opportunity, and location as something with opportunity or could have seen it as a trap. And both both like both of y'all are seeing the same things but interpreting it different. That is always the case. You know, he would say I, I had this better than him, but I'm the one got to go out the door to fight for it to get it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just come to you. I mean, sometimes I be saying, okay, it's all in who you know. Yeah, we know that. But if you don't have some kind of credentials with you to get you past the format of just the easy money, no, I want to make a good living to survive, not halfway surviving. You know, I just want to go more than just getting something and paying the bills. You want to travel a little bit without worrying about that. Is my life going to get cut off? I done spent my rent money. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to play dumb games with my life. Right. And some people, you know? so they went and got the job, went and did the things, fought to get what they're supposed to have and still couldn't make ends meet and just didn't know what to do from there. Correct. Or they needed someone to guide them. Right. And that's and that's where that loneliness and a stress yes. come into play. Because you feel like, mm, I see everybody else getting it together. Or, you know, they got family to lean on or, you know, generational wealth, whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, what's what's going on with me and why I can't get it together? Then you get online and you start to see people saying the same, feeling the same things you're thinking. You're like, okay, it's not just me. Something's wrong with the system. Yeah, so, you know, okay. you know, it's, it's therapy, it's help needed. Help needed to me is who do you have in your little community, like in your household? Who's there? You know, you used to have neighbors and people what you could chit chat with and share things you could trust, but now you don't know who you're talking to, even even online. You guys, you got to check the background out. You know, volunteer. Sometimes you know it's good to volunteer to make yourself feel needed and wanted. You can learn things from people. 
I learned things from my daughter. I learned things from my sons. But you got to be willing enough to take criticism and roll with it. Right, but also seek new paths for friendship and connection, like you said, volunteering, because you find a lot of community in... Yeah, I do. Working with the church and all the other poor people with you. I know that gets you up and going. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, I've met like three new people right? volunteering, and we just chit-chat on the phone, and we might do lunch, or we just might go meet somewhere and just do a beverage. You know, and just chit chat, just getting out of the house, talking about clothes. One of my friends she likes talking about clothes. But that and that's something you did in person. So I was going to say, for a lot of people, it will take getting off of the internet. Well, yeah, breaks from internet mm-hmm. meet in person to get out of receiving, you know, the stream of negative inputs because sometimes if you continue to just wallow in everybody saying me too me too me too yeah me too yep I'm feeling the same way I'm feeling the same way without taking action it can lead to you being in in a sea of people who are constantly online complaining and angry Mm-hmm. themselves and you be like, what did I get into? You be you be picking that same vibe. Not just that, but you aren't doing anything to then improve either the system for you and everybody else's benefit, like mm-hmm. that collective action that y'all make something happen. But also, you are getting the same, like getting in the same cycle of what you do on a day to day basis, plus taking in doses of what other people are. Mm-hmm. Going through, you have to find time to even cut off social media sometimes if you feel yeah. yourself getting caught caught up. Because some people that mean they don't even cut, they cut it off. Sometimes I don't get on social media for a minute. I just realize I'm like, dang, I still got Halloween and Christmas stuff up there, you know. And I'm like, ooh, you know. And then sometimes I might take a day and go back and forth and read and be like, what? What she did? What? Oh my gosh. Like, you got to come back to the norm. And then that sometimes that's some people's worlds. It becomes their family. Right. And it's but it's like you you build a camaraderie over expressing anger about how things are mm-hmm. that you can't you you reduce space or time to appreciate what good you do have. And I'm not saying that things aren't crappy or you know, things could be better in our country, in our homes, and you know. There's always room for improvement. Always. You need to practice gratitude so that you can have space to breathe, to not be stressed, to not be angry, to be in a constant state of fight or flight and stressed and then just taking in these messages is not healthy. It just Yeah. So the same way we fast from certain foods, you know, or certain people being estranged from people, you also need to sometimes yeah, because if that's if that works, if you have to cut them off for you to live, cut them off. It doesn't matter who it is. And I'm saying that for who I am, I have cut off people. Like you know what? That has been a popular trend. So not to say you just cut anybody off that you have a disagreement with, or you know that isn't working out for you. Sometimes, like after you try to reconcile, 
and you know that's what's best for you, then yes. Right. And he, that don't mean cut, it, cut everybody it, off. Because I don't like them because you don't like them. I've never, I don't, I don't do that. And I don't like when people do that. Well, I'm not going to talk to you since I know you talk to them or talk to her or that family. Yeah, that's childish. I'm like, I don't have nothing to do with what y'all mad about. Unless it's something serious and toxic. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. you're going to, you're going to do some shady undercover stuff and it hurting, hurting this person or something physical. And I just found out about it. Oh, I'm cutting you off because there's nothing you can explain to me why you did that. You know, you got these people stealing money and embezzling money, abusing children or grandma, and you you going over there laughing, kiki and ha, you taking grandma to the bank and stealing money. You might get your head busted. Oh, I better yet, just cut you off. And you'll know why. Because I'm like this, if I cut you off, you're going to know why. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to just cut you off and you're not knowing. I want you to know. We're not going to second guess it. So you you know so you can pro you know the experience you don't want that to weigh you down because you know your health is still your wealth you don't want that to, just to, just to burden you down you see their phone number you might see them in the street or like you say come across the media you like tag I might delete them and then some people leave people up on social media so they can just let's see what's going on that's healthy too peek you know poke and see what's going on with somebody. Then something might happen with them. You like, Lord, let me call this person up. Let me let me reach out and touch up. You know, I don't hate you, but just so you know, I was thinking of because you go through life and you might not think you think of a person. You can think of somebody that you haven't heard in six years or five years or two days. They'll come across your mind. You like, hmm, what's going on with that? Right, that's something you should. Um, give thought to as you navigate those relationships. Like, do what's best for you. Yeah. And work it out with the person. Um, and we were talking about just like, I'm looking at an article from Emil Torres um, just talking about the pandemic of loneliness. May 11th, the CDC terminated the emergency death COVID 19. In America, and so uh, like the World Health Organization still recognizes this, like COVID nineteen is still an issue. We kind of moved into the endemic phase. Whereas mm-hmm. um, talks about how we're still and have been even before COVID struggling with a pandemic of loneliness, um, specifically loneliness as an enduring condition of emotional distress that arises. When a person feels estranged from, misunderstood, or rejected by others, and or lacks appropriate social partners for desired activities, particularly activities that provide a sense of social integration and opportunities for emotional intimacy. There's so many thoughts here. I was thinking about what you were saying earlier about how it just seems like a lot of meanness and things are going around. Yeah. And I think it's just we struggle with emotional intelligence in this country because of the gendered political socioeconomic identities we have forced people into because of politics, because of patriarchy, because of white supremacy even have basically created molds for people to fit in. And those molds are, they don't work for what we have. 
become smarter and have them becoming just more involved in their futures and what life should look like for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading about history, sharing knowledge with each other. And that's all, sharing knowledge. Like you said, but people being mean, I'm thinking about how angry people are, especially just with like the interactions we have with people in large scale online, it looks angry and offline looks angry. We talk about how black trans women are being killed at high rates. You know, we have black maternal health disparities. We have uh, high rates of domestic violence, high rates of, you know, these men who are violent when a woman rejects their, you know, just saying no. Yeah, just saying no. You know, murder for saying no. Just all this violence. And then we're learning more, too, just about, you know, human trafficking and who's the perpetrators in that and that type of violence. And learning how men aren't allowed socially, or they say they aren't allowed to you know, express themselves and don't have safe spaces to express. Mm-hmm. All I'm just looking at all this stuff and how it's culminating into, like you said, family really- and kids. You got young kids that's so rude to their people, their friends, their siblings. Just, I mean, angry, angry. I, I read an article about a 14 year old girl. The mom wants to throw her out the house because she's so rude to the family. Right, and it's not always. As you can see, at some points where. Not all cases are the same. Sometimes it is the child is. Yeah, some things are happening for a long time. It just gets to an ugly head. And some people, you need to be like, look, you're not taking, we, we, uh-uh. we're not taking this no farther than what it is. Right. So it's just like, where do we go from here as a society to get get our our people together to experience more happy, healthier lives. Like I know it's not a one size solution that can fit everybody, but we're getting close to like like you said, to a turning point, a shift that's needed for us to make the connection between loneliness and the 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 silos that people are finding themselves in. We need to get back to Community, living, community. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of outreach um, activities going on, you know, make things fun and connecting. But if you don't have internet, you know, you don't know. Something, yeah. something you're just not going to find out about it. Sustainable, accessible. And so I think it's just time for us to, to really get together. Yeah. And like in person, when it, you know, where it's safe, you know, we can do it outside, but connecting on a different level. Because, you know, getting back to this here, rudeness and meanness and loneliness is affecting the environment, global warming. Look at, look at Maui. I mean, come on. I'm like, did somebody drop the ball and then tell the people, look, I think somebody needs to hit more bells and whistles that these people know. Uh, y'all need to leave. 
know, that is a, that's something I want to look more into because I have seen so much wild coverage of that from, I can't remember the actor right now, Aquaman. Yeah. Jason Momoa is having to combat misinformation because people are, you know, already jumping on conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. We know it's just people from Hawaii, from Maui have been telling people for years, stop coming to visit and stay here. Tourists are pricing people out of their homes, their business, and listening to um, a story from a podcast I used to enjoy. I had to stop following them because they did an interview. This was like a couple of days after the news broke of Maui and the wildfires. Mm-hmm. They interviewed a business owner who you could clearly tell was not from the community. And that's the problem. He said he wasn't, but um, he was talking about how that was you know, where his business was set up. He had multiple bar places. Mm-hmm. And talking about um, with the interviewer, yeah, come and visit and spend your money here. Um, we can get through this. Guys, just stay positive. I'm he's, still trying, he's still trying to make personal money. They still haven't finished counting, you know, yep. account everybody. And you're yeah. coming to spend money at your business. Are you, I was like, are you serious? Tomorrow we'll get through this. Let's just stay positive. Like, come yeah. on. And the interviewee, the interviewer was like, yeah, come on there and get me a... Um, a margarita or something. I was just like, "Come on now, really? This is so tone deaf." There's so many things. <laughs> That's why I say, "Pray for the world." But I, yeah, I want to leave people with tips on how you can feel less lonely. Yeah. Um. Basically, you can overcome it through vulnerability. I know vulnerability sounds ill, gross, ugh, but it's something you can tackle with therapy for your individual needs, get with a therapist, a professional who can help talk through, think through, acknowledge, and confront your feelings and loneliness. You can also tap into your workplace to see what kind of benefits you have as far as your insurance, um, your EAPs, if there's employee assistant programs that can get you confidential help, you know, connect you to a therapist or even pay for it or pay for some kind of service that can help you with what you're going through. Um, also participate in meaningful activities. Like we said, mm-hmm. here, go to some in-person things, pursue your passions and connect with other people who have yeah, right. in your community and make an impact. Yeah, and listen to us. Listen to Talking Brown Sugar. We, we got some laughs coming up eventually now. We just let you know laugh. we can get serious. We, but we let you know we can get serious. Yeah, they know that. They know. They know. They know. Oh, yeah, they know. Mm-hmm. Also, remember that you are unique. I know it's easy to think, oh, I'm just like everybody else, or I need to be like this, I need to get like that. If you want to, sure. But remember that you are unique, and that's fine. Find out what success looks like for you, and and work with it. Work with that. Work with it. Know when to engage and disengage from the online world. You know. And what you saying, that word no? No is a good word, okay? It's a full sentence. But like yeah. when to engage and disengage with the online world and technology when it comes to your happiness, technology can be 
be a double-edged sword. It can help you make valuable connections, but also can lead to feelings of envy, alienation, and cause you to sleep. So yeah. to your balance, limit your technology use. Um, when you keep that cell phone from up under that pillow, please. Yes, when you feel that things are trying to contribute um, positivity to your life, um, also remember to switch off devices at least an hour before you go to bed so that you can get the hour sleep you need. And practice self-care, you know, exercise. Please, please. please. Get so. out and run, get you some vitamin D, take your vitamins, talk to your doctor about what you need. Eat a balanced diet, not just a healthy diet, but a balanced diet for yeah. body needs, and get quality sleep. Buy a new pillow. Look, change your bed around. Wash your pillow. Wash your pillow and get a nice fresh sheet to go on it. That's good for you know skincare, fresh yeah. sheet. Um, specifically with dealing with estrangement, you can deep think. Wow, I can't help. <laughs> think deeply before you decide to end an estrangement not saying that you can't end an estrangement because you can things can change so if you have to be estranged from your family that may not be the end all be all if it is that's okay to do what works for you and let it be your choice don't let nobody influence you like if I were you and you know and their issues messed up think about it Think about it in the sense of asking yourself, why do you want to do it? A lot of times it can be to make you stop feeling the hurt and pain mm-hmm. that you feel when you know you're, you, that can make you forget why you were estranged in the first place. So a sign that you may be ready to begin connecting with them again is. Um, it's up to you. Sometimes you just need a break. You are not angry. Or, you know, you don't regret what you did. But if you're feeling like it might be too late to connect with them, just just talk to family and friends. Talk to your therapist. What do you want out of rekindling that relationship with that person, whether it be a friend, family member? Or talk to your pastor. Talk to somebody at your church. Somebody you trust. Trust. Somebody you trust. Um, what if the other person is not willing to reconcile? You also need to be thinking through those things. And make peace. Have a plan before you get back in there. And just, just have a plan for your care and take care of each other. That's all. That's all it's about. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We out. We out. <laughs>